Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. This week on Top Lines and Tales, we have a, a series called Characters in Livestock, and there won't be many more characters than the, the late Gavin Douglas, absolutely a tremendous man everybody had time for from up behind up there in Jedburgh in the borders, and sadly no longer with us, and always a man... I enjoyed his company anyway, always stopped to speak to me and everybody else, always a smile, and, and uh, I've got my friend Derek Redpath here uh, on the podcast, and Derek's a neighbour of his, and, and, and knew him very well, and Derek's one of my pals on the, the Royal Highland Show commentary team, of course, and, and uh, Derek, uh, welcome to the, back to the podcast, should I say, and uh, yeah, he was a man you knew fairly well. Yeah, great to, great to speak to Andy about, about Gavin, uh, yeah, I knew Gavin quite well, especially latterly. And uh, as you say, uh, a real character within within the sheep industry, not just his own his own breeds. And uh, yeah, uh, great company uh, at any any sheep event, really. Uh huh. And as I said, you you yeah, you've I know you spoke to his family because he passed away fairly recently, and we'll chat about that maybe in a second. But uh, you and I, of course, involved in in the comments of the Royal Highland Show, and and we'll come on to maybe what he did at the Royal Highland Show. We've been out there and and, uh, and chatted about a lot of these, these great sheep that are at the Highland Show and uh, characters like that are, are what make our industry. People that, that, that uh, everybody knows and everybody has a crack with or what have you, and he just fitted right in there in, in that mould, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, the Highland Show wasn't really the same this year without without Gavin, and even our local shows this year, he's been a big, big miss. You know, it, it didn't matter whether you were showing or judging, Gavin would be at the side, uh, always quite keen to put his view forward, and uh, he would be he would be um, accurate and fair. I would say was the words, and uh, he, he's such a, a shrewd stocksman. He was unbelievable. He, he never missed anything, and his um, his knowledge of pedigrees and his memory was, was unbelievable. So, yeah, the his character at the side of the ring at all shows, but especially the, the Highland will be missed because he was such a shrewd judge of stock and it didn't matter what breed it was he would have an opinion on it but he, he would also he, he would could see its good points and he, so yeah there wasn't any sharp sheep and cattle really to be fair right no and and let's just go back to a little bit to up, up behind up there and and uh, i know you worked with him worked for him i think for a while there and what what like a farm are we talking there it's, it's fairly upland land there in, in jedburgh there in the borders and yeah, Upper Hindup is a, it's a fantastic hill farm. It nestles in the in the Cheviot Hills, uh, rises to just over eighteen hundred feet, I think. Um, it's a it's a proper traditional hill farm. It's been in the Douglas family for generations, uh, at least three that I know of, um, and it's been synonymous for South Country Cheviot sheep and blackface um, for a long, long time. Um, so it's it's a it's a fantastic hill farm. A proper genuine hill farm on Roxbury Estates, and uh, it's it's as I say been synonymous with with the best of stock really. And if you saw it at this time of year, it's in its full glory, um, and it's as green as leeks from one end to the other. It's it's a, a great stock farm. Mm-hmm. And I'm right in thinking that you worked for Gavin for a while. Yeah, I helped him. I helped him on and off, um, kind of when I could. Um, unfortunately, Gavin had a couple of run-ins with one with a quad bike and one with a, a limousine cow, 
um, but separate occasions, and that set him back a bit. So he was needing a bit of a bit of help. And uh, yeah, I, I worked with Gavin, and uh, it, to say it was an education would be an understatement, mm-hmm. um, in in good ways and in frustrating ways. Gavin was uh, he was always great to learn from. Like in the sheep pens, there was never a day you worked with Gavin among stock that you didn't learn something. And uh, so that was an education. But um, everybody that's worked with Gavin would would probably say the same. It could be quite infuriating, really. Um, but his and his his way with words and his communication was um, unique. Would be the right word. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was unique, Gavin. He was one of a kind. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, you could always learn something off him. Uh, so yeah, that was that was an experience working working with Gavin. Sure. Um, I would say it was um, it was better fun uh, drinking with him at shows than it was uh, working with him. To be fair, <laughs> okay. but he was uh, yeah he was good. He was pretty good to work with. Gavin was very laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tomorrow we do. There was no no Russian Gavin. You know, it was um, and it, but it, it was always an education. Uh, an upper hind tip would run a, a lot of sheep, uh, 1,500, 1,600 ewes up on the hill there. Would they all be chivets? We're talking southeast here, aren't we, rather than the north countries? Which yeah. Is... Yeah, there's about, um, there's about 700 southies and about 700 blackies and uh, 120 blackies crossed with the blue-faced Leicester. And Gavin was always keen. He had a, he had a wee few blue-faced Leicesters that were his hobby. And... Um, his his memory of pedigrees among them was as long as his memory for the Chivets and for the Blackies. Um, he had a few limousine cows. He could tell you the pedigrees of them right back to their great grannies. And then to top the lot, they were always interested in horses and Gavin had chairs in horses. And uh, his, again, his memory of pedigrees of racehorses was, was unbelievable. Um, and he, he could follow them all he had a great encyclopedic memory and a great interest in horses. He loved going to Kelso races. He loved the company, um, and he, he got on well with all those kind of kind of folk too. And he had so that was that was his social side was were were shows and uh, going to races. Um, and yeah. he was yeah he was good company at those things. And and, and it's the mark of a pedigree breeder, isn't it? I mean, you, you, Derek, you and I know a lot of pedigree breeders. You're a pedigree breeder yourself, I know, with with blackies, and it's the mark of a good breeder. To, to, it's great to have a chat and take a few sheep to a show, but it's knowing those pedigrees going going to back the way that, that that we can pinpoint some of the great breeders of all time. When you speak to somebody and they can reel off three, four, five generations, it's encyclopedic memory, and and that's that's a yeah, it's a great credit to him, and as it would be to a lot of other breeders, and and he'd be well respected amongst the other breeders because of that. Yeah, that's right, and it was. Um, it was only today I was speaking to Ken Headley, one of his great friends and old neighbours, and we were talking about about Gavin and uh, reminiscing about a night we were on the way back from a meeting, and Ken and Gavin were having a debate about this racehorse. I don't know anything about the racehorse, but they were having a debate about this racehorse, and Gavin said that there was no way this horse would win because it wasn't bred to win, <laughs> and he, he put Ken straight on its pedigree that that horse would never win because it it wasn't bred to win, <laughs> and that was the, that was a level of Gavin's memory. Like, yeah. he, he, he was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um, it, uh-huh. it is, and as I said, the respect that comes with that. And we'll go back to. I mean, I know you're not schooled with with the earlier days that that, that Gavin did there, and and 
you know, thanks to his family there for filling in a little bit of this. But I mean, he, he's been showing, or Gavin would have been showing, as you said, the Douglas family been there for three or four generations, but always would turn out at the, at the Highland show and show their livestock and be in the top of the tree for not just recently, but for a, a long, long time. And, and he had some, some turnouts at the Highlands there and, and, and won his share. Yeah, that's right. And 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 all the local shows too in in Kelso and, and Peebles and such like. And they, you know, he had some um, some great characters work for him and it was team kind of team of efforts really, uh, Andy. You know, the um John Scott worked there for a long time and that was I think when they had their their greatest successes with the Blackies and, and uh winning at the Highland with, with Smash Hits and uh John and, and um Gavin, they were they were a kind of a team that that kind of fed off each other, and um, John's daughter Lilius was telling me that the although they worked together, even in the uh, the evenings when they were finished, uh, they would be on the phone just to see what was happening tomorrow, and they would discuss for another hour and a half a pen of yellow lambs that had been in the pens all day. So that's the kind of teams he's had in the past, and and the success he's had in the past has been built on that, and that, as you say, is the the mark of his ability as a pedigree breeder to to breed these kind of sheep, and we saw that this year at the Highland in um, in Camilla, the, the, the ewe that won that one that Gavin had selected himself for the show, you know. Well, we'll, we'll go into that in a second, but we just dwell on that a little bit more, and, and yourself and a lot of other hill breeders as well. It is about the quality of the, of, of the shepherd that you have, and and it's not just about the quality of the shepherd that you have, but the right guy. It, it, it's about Knowing people, I suppose, when you take a shepherd on, you take one on, and hey, they might last. Yeah, they might last a season or, or, or none. But I mean, the the the, the quality uh, hill farmers that do take a shepherd on like that, the shepherd is part of part of the flock, isn't it? And and part of the of the ability of a pedigree to have those shepherds in there. And uh, as you said, to picking out the right shepherds. And I know he's got a yeah, a good shepherd in there just now as well. And it, it, it's the whole thing. It's a family, isn't it? But uh, it, the shepherd is is your your best tractor. It's your it's it's, it's everything that you've got there when when you're running a big big farm and a big flock. That's right. And I, I think uh, going back a, a, another almost a generation, um, the, there was a, the top that sold last year for 14,000, Gavin sold, was named uh, after a shepherd that had been at, at uh, Upper Hindup. You know, uh, they called him the Duger. Okay. And uh, Doug was the herd at Upper Hindup for a number of years. I think when Gavin's father was still there, but I'm not entirely sure about that. But they were, um, yeah, so that's the kind of uh, attachment you get with, with the folk that work with the stock. Um, yep. It is, and it, as I said, it, it's, it's a balance between those, isn't it? Let's talk a little bit about the Southies. And um, yeah, you're, you're not a Southie breeder yourself. I know you're a Blackie breeder there, um, Derek. But uh, let's talk about the Southies. I know there's sales coming up recently, but I mean, there's a Southie versus a Northie, if you like. And the Southie comes, hails from your part of the world, from that, that borders area, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. They're um, they're born and bred, I suppose you could say, in the Cheviot Hills here in the south of Scotland, and they're um, they're slightly different from the from the Lairgate. There is a bit of um, cross cross breeding going on at the minute, but the the um, south is a thicker, shorter, shorter legged kind of sheep, a bit wider, and just um, just has a shorter ear and a, a you know a wee bit more character, but it does a different job. And um, they're they're quite wide, widespread, and unfortunately, when Foot and Mouth came in, the Southie had a really hard time, so that that concentrated the gene pool a bit. So all credit to the Southie breeders; they've done well to 
to keep that breed going and they're a, they're a smashing hill breed in this part of the world and right along the south of Scotland, Dumfries and Galloway and then and indeed further west. So uh, yeah, they're a they're a part of the of the nice mixture of hill breeds that we have. Certainly a part of the fabric, you're right, and and, and there is. I've had a podcast on here about the Chivitz going back a while, and podcast number 69 is when anybody wants to learn a little bit more about the Chivitz, yeah, the South Country Chivitz, the North Country Chivitz, and and the variations of all those as well. I mean, they've been they've been up there in those hills for a long time, and, and the Chivitz still holds its own. I know you're a blackie breeder, and the blackies have been up there on the hills for for you know, forever, and they've dominated the, the Scottish hills from from where you are on the borders, right? up to the very north but uh, the Chivit is starting to hold its own now isn't it uh, just it maybe uh, you probably say no I know you're on the Blackie Council there so you probably you probably say no but the Chivit is starting, starting to take a bit of ground off the Blackies am I right there Derek? Yeah they are Andy I think that um, I, I might get a lot of stick but um, for, for praising the Chivit yeah they, but they've improved a lot both the Southies and the Northies over the last 10 years, I think they've improved immeasurably. And uh, yeah, their sales are coming up. The Southie sales at Lockerbie uh, the first Monday in October and the uh, you know, second Monday in October. And, uh, you know, the uh, South, the North Country TV at Lairgies are tomorrow at Lockerbie. And um, yeah, they're getting slightly more numerous. Um I think the way the environmental lobbies and such like and the, the the number of sheep that are going off the hills, the the blackies are more used to the high end ground, and it's the high end ground that's suffering the most, and it's the sheep are disappearing. You look at the glens and it's such like up north, and there's not the sheep about, and it's so it's blackie ground that's getting targeted, um, and the cheviots there and a lot of them are more in the middle ground and are gaining ground I think there, but it's horses for courses. Um, I think there's there's sheep in every breed for every job, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think Gavin's Southies that he's he was passionate about they've they've gained a bit as well and gained in popularity. They're very popular in Wales for crossing over the Welsh mountains and such like, and that's gained them a bit of popularity too. So yeah. there's. There's always something for everybody. You're dead right. And to go back to Gavin, of course, we're talking about on this podcast and great man that he was. And, and, and uh, But the safety there's still a lot of good safeties there at, at Hyntopen. I think the family is still involved and a great stockman, great shepherd there, should I say. Callum Kasky has been involved in that and, and uh, yeah, carrying on the, on the sheep. And, and we'll see them out, as you said, at the Lockerbie sale within a, a few days after this podcast. And, and uh, there'll be a, a top runner stock and a top runner of, of, of shearlings and, and, and give later on as well and, and uh, yeah there's there's uh, he's still at the top of the tree there at uh, behind it for a long time now you know Gavin just passed away there in, in April and the the, the, um, the south is mo- mo- quite a lot of them sell them as two shears Gavin's always sold them as two shears they believed that they were uh, they needed they need time to mature they're a, a slower maturing breed than south country cheviots so they take a bit of time to come and um I actually saw them, saw his Lockerbie Tups yesterday and uh, they're looking tremendous. They're a great packet of, of two shears, um, great power and style about them. So, um, yeah, the, the, you know, the breeding's there and Callum, yeah. luckily Callum's been a friend of mine for a long time that works there now and um, he's, he's keeping the thing going with uh, Fraser, Gavin's son. So, um, yeah, the, hopefully they can they can keep it going and get things sorted out and... and um, 
that would be that would be Gavin's greatest legacy, I think, if they could keep selling South Country Cheviots. Sure, and a legacy, and to, to a man, as I mentioned earlier on, a man that would stop and speak and stop and have a smile for everybody and, and have a have a chat to everybody. I mean, I didn't know much about I don't know much about Sazies yet, but I would have a chat to, to to Gavin, and he would just take the time, as he said, to, to look at all the, all the other sheep, the other exhibitors, and and uh, it wouldn't be one eyed on, on on one breed. And as you said earlier on, judging would judge into breeds as well and get involved in in would have an eye that that. Uh, a lot of us would die for really to to see an animal in the ring and, and know which ones are right. That's right. And it was uh, last night I was speaking to Callum. He was on the way home for, um, from Belth, from the top sale at Belth Wells. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him about other breeds. And I, Callum, he hadn't heard what the other breeds had. So I was pulling his leg and saying, well, Gavin would have known. <laughs> and Gavin would have rem- he would he'd have known its father and known its son and probably its ear tag numbers as well. So um, that was the kind of, kind of memory Gavin had for, mm. when he was at the side of a ring for, for all the breeds. Yeah. And you could discuss... We often discuss shows, you know, around the kitchen table at Hind up when we're having our, our lunch or whatever, and uh, you we could put them all in their place back and forward mm-hmm. for weeks. So yeah, and it, it's something as I said, we all we all aspire to. And let's go to you mentioned the Highland Show earlier on, and I know this year and then Gavin died quite suddenly, but he, he chose the show team for this year's Highland Show, and, and obviously he's breed, the breeding's still at the fore there, and he chose the show team there, and uh, they went forward and pretty much. Um, Cleaned up the, in the the Southie classes there, and of course went on to win the the, the fantastic coveted trophy of the Supreme Interbreed at the Royal Highland Show. I mean, what a credit to the man that was! Yeah, it was a fitting tribute. I think. I mean, I was commentating on the Southies, and um, I have to admit, I found it really quite emotional. Mm. But because um, you know, my friend was showing my old friend's sheep for him, and sadly he wasn't there. And yeah, I mean. Uh, to be fair, Andy had it coming all all day because the the ewe and the when she was in the uh, Southie class, she just looked fantastic. She stood out. She's got full of style and and character. And um, yeah, she just knew she was a show winner. And then she got better as the week went on. And when and on the, the Saturday when she came out and interviewed, she was shining like a pin. And um, she just epitomised what a a Southie and what a show sheep and what a Royal Highland show interbreed champion should be. So it was it was a really fitting fitting tribute to, to Gavin that, that that you won. You so, know, she's, she's a great beast. Certainly was and you know, she was a legacy and, and, and uh, as as his breeding will go on and be a legacy as you said, the depth of pedigree goes back a long way and yeah, that's a credit to a man to breed a sheep like that and Derek would all Shed a tear if we couldn't see our the, the one time that we got our beast to the to the fore and didn't see it ourselves, but it was a great fitting uh, credit to him. And uh, hey, maybe let's move on a little bit from that. As you said, it was a it was a tear in our eye, but uh, um, but a, a fantastic achievement. And 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 the sales this autumn, the, the sales are coming on now. You breed black is the you know, the northeast sale, as you said, is, is this week will be, and then the, the south is the sheep job is looking fairly buoyant just now. At, um, I know the weather's not great with you just now, but the sheep job is looking fairly buoyant this year. Top sales seem to be doing well. Yeah, there's um, it's it's an uncertain time in farming. It's uh, an uncertain time in the in the sheep industry. Um, there's a lot of political uncertainty, but um, you know farmers are optimistic optimists, and uh, we've got a plan for the future. And the only way you can plan for the future in your in your if you're a sheep farmer is to keep your sheep stock right. So you've got to pick the right top pick the right use and this is the only time of year and the only chance you get to do it so um, you've got to roll up your sleeves and get on with it and um, 
yeah, we've been under pressure for the last 18 months, I would say, financially, because our costs are, have gone through the roof. And um, our product's still about where it was last year at this time, marginally in front. So, yeah, but the the trade in, on the whole for for um, breeding sheep has been has been very good. As always, it's very selective. The the very good ones are a very good price, and that's the way it, way it should be, Andy. So, it's been I think it's been a good year so far. And um, as I say, if the costs would just come down a wee bit, it would maybe leave us some margin. But um, the sheep sales have been have been good in the southies. Yeah, they've got their yow sale next week and then at Longtown and then their tup sale the following week at Lockerbie. Um, the Blackies, we're just gearing up. We've had the yow lamb sales. We're moving on to gimmers and ewes next week. And then uh, the first ballot was drawn today for the tup sales. So um, tup fever will be striking shortly. And um, yeah, it's, it all goes on. Round and round. Certainly does, and as, as as you well know, sometimes you can sell a tub but for enough money to very near buy a farm these days. But it wouldn't say a big divide. But there seems to be more of of, of the of the averages are rising, and it's not just taken on by one or a couple of high flying sheep. There, the averages of the tops are rising, and people realise you've got to pay a bit more for their tops because that's where you get the profit, isn't the tops half your flock, or or, or it, it's certainly a good part of it anyway. And uh, but we need to see an increase in in the price of price of lamb. Uh, uh, Derek, let's go down a little d- different route with that. Yeah, I think uh, the the farm gate price of lamb, especially the prime lamb, it has definitely been in front of last year, uh, this year, but it, it's not quite where it needs to be. Um, and it, we need we need more for our farm gate price to to make the job a bit more sustainable. Sustainable is the the kind of buzzword at the moment. You need that margin to make it sustainable. Um, yeah, and the, the price of tups, the 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 big price tups, it looks bad in the press, but it's a small circle, and you can equate it to a high-priced racehorse or whatever you like. It's it's a small circle, and it's the pedigree that's being bought, and the, the general public possibly think that everybody's getting one hundred and fifty thousand for their for their tups, but we're not, and it's only one or two, and it generally tends to be good round in a small circle so it's uh, it doesn't reflect on the on the whole industry or on farms like where we are or where our upper hind up so. mm. okay no no totally get that totally get that and and you say there'll be a good runner good runner sheep coming from upper hind up how many would they have running out there do you know that, that how many sheep would be out there this season there for gavin's uh, um sadly his, his last crop of sheep from that i think there's he's got 12 two shears for for um lockerbie i think Wishing the best of luck with that anyway, and as I said, that your sheep sales going on, and it's great to pay a tribute to the man. And I, I, I will change the subject a little bit. I'm talking to you just tonight from the Côte d'Azur down in South France at the moment, and um, and we move on to a different subject there because I bumped into a, a nephew of yours the other night. There was uh, is uh, Cammy Redpath, and he's a nephew of yours, and and uh, playing in the Scottish rugby team. There, we'll have a quick chat about that. Yeah, he's my um, he's my cousin's lad. He's he's um, flying the flag for the Red Pass. So, yeah, we're we're super proud of Cam. He's doing he's doing well. He, he come on, he was playing the other night and he had a he had a good game. So, um, yeah, hopefully he gets a board me a bit more time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we look forward to him playing next week and mm-hmm. hopefully we will get a better result. Would Gavin Gavin have been a rugby man down there in Jedburgh? He was. Gavin played. That was why he was. He went about like a buckled wheel because he was. He had. He had had his fair share of rugby injuries when he was younger. And um, yeah, I mean, we played 
paid homage to his memory and he was, his memory of rugby players and such like was every bit as good as his memory of of livestock. So, yeah, he was a keen rugby man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, he'd, be, he'd enjoyed the way Scotland are playing just now and hey, we've got a, by the time this goes out there, we might still have a little bit to cling on to, but uh, yeah, Scotland, has a, <laughs> Scotland has a little bit uphill. <laughs> You're right, Andy. <laughs> There's a bit of an uphill struggle there, but uh, no. Um, well, tremendous, to, as I said, to, to, to chat about Gavin and, and a great man and... and, uh, and uh, Thanks to his family for letting us chat about him, and, and, and thank you for letting us talk about that. And, and, and uh, best of luck with him and the sales. Uh, um, Derek, best of luck with you with the sales as well, just coming on. And uh, of course, uh, best of luck to the Scotland rugby team. Yeah, thanks, Andy. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's nice nice to have a chat about Gavin. And I'm sure uh, his wife Jane and Fraser will be tickled pink that we've um, done him done him justice. And uh, I think we could possibly have talked for a fortnight about him. Um, and there's, you know, there are loads of stories. There was, there's plenty of folk have got loads of stories about Gavin. I'm sure we could come up with a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice, nice to talk to him. And you know, our, our thoughts are with them, and they're, they're, they're doing well. And uh, as we've said, hopefully the farm will keep, keep going in the Douglas name and, and um, pay tribute to. Gavin. Oh, brilliant. As I said, this series is called Characters in Livestock, and he very much, much was one of those, and he was a man I had a lot of time for, and I think a lot of people listening to this the same would uh, enjoy his company, and a man that's sadly missed, and uh, you know, it's just nice to nice to pay him that wee tribute. Yeah, a character, that would sum him up perfectly, I think. Mm-hmm. He was he was certainly a character. Derek, thank you very much for your time. Now, I know it's a busy time of year too, as well, with uh, with uh, the top sales and, and new sales and everything else going on, always in is in the autumn on the, on the hill farms, and uh, I no, appreciate all you do for the hill industry as well, because I know you're involved in the blackies too, and and, and uh, you you do your share involved in the in the in the sheep industry, and uh, there's not enough time for everything, so I, I appreciate you taking your time to talk to me. That's no problem, Andy. It's always a pleasure. Um, I'm sure the next time we have a chat, it might be over a over a pint, but it's uh, no, it's always a pleasure. And um, yeah, we've got to got to do our bit for the sheep, the especially hill sheep industry. Um, yeah, we're all under pressure, but it's uh, it's good to keep it going, and uh, yeah, it's good to talk. That's good. And, and can I sell you a Ryland top yet? Or not? Have we not got there yet? Uh, no, I think you might be struggling. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Great to speak to you, Derek. All the very best, my friend, from the state of France. Brilliant. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. And if you're thinking about how to boost the fertility in your flock this autumn, Harbro's got you covered there. They're, they now have offers available on the feet and fertility lick buckets. And there's a great science behind this bucket. And there's a great story about how nutrition at the point of conception can influence lambs for the rest of their life, something which Professor John Roberts and introduced to them a long while ago. So get in touch with Harborough and, and learn a little bit more about their feet and fertility lick buckets and their other range of products as well. Please contact your local representative or find them on the internet to see what uh, what Harborough's range of products and, and nutritional advice can do for your livestock. And uh, look them up on the internet, as I said. And while you're there on the internet, please follow or subscribe to our top lines and tales podcast just by clicking that button at the top there just to give us uh, just to help to spread the profile of this podcast and uh, while you're there on the internet don't forget to look up our facebook group there and uh, we have a great community on there and there'll be information about this and previous podcasts that you can you can join in with so uh, thanks again for listening to top lines and tales <laughs>